Our reading today is taken from uh, Isaiah chapter 43, uh, verses 10 to 21. Isaiah 43, starting from verse 10. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant whom I've chosen, so that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. Before me, no God was formed, nor will there be one after me. I, even I, am the Lord, and apart from me, there is no savior. I have revealed and saved and proclaimed. I am not some foreign God among you. You are my witnesses, declares the Lord, that I am God. Yes, and from ancient days I am he. No one can deliver out of my hand. When I act, who can reverse it? This is what the Lord says, your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. For your sake I will send to Babylon and bring down as fugitives all the Babylonians in the ships in which they took pride. I am the Lord, your Holy One, Israel's creator, your King. This is what the Lord says, he who made a way through the sea and a path through the mighty waters, who drew out the chariots and horses, the army and reinforcements together, and they lay there, never to rise again, extinguished, snuffed out like a wick. Forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The wild animals honor me, the jackals and the owls, because I provide water in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland to give drink to my people, my chosen, the people I formed for myself, that they may proclaim my praise. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. For many people in our city, September marks the start of new beginnings. New jobs, new schools, new university terms. And for us as a church, new Sunday gatherings following months of restrictions. As I prayed over the summer for September, verse 19 of that passage from Isaiah kept coming to mind. See, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up, do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. The words of God through Isaiah the prophet. This is the Lord who says to his people, look at what I'm doing. In the midst of wilderness and wasteland, I am making a way. It's a remarkable statement and becomes even more so in the context of the prophecy. Isaiah's prophetic word to the people of Israel spoke into a time where they were in exile in Babylon. The end of chapter 42 describes how they'd ended up in captivity. For they would not follow the Lord's ways. They did not obey his law. This was a huge problem. Not only were they ignoring their own covenant relationship with the Lord, but they were supposed to be his witnesses and his servants to other nations. 
So they betrayed both their covenant and their calling, and the consequence was captivity. But the Lord who created them, who formed them, who redeemed them, who named them, was not going to abandon them there. As the extraordinary promise at the start of chapter 43 makes clear, God was still their next of kin. That's the meaning behind the word redeemer. Think of that the next time you have to fill in next of kin on a form. If you're following Jesus, God is your next of kin. It's quite a thought, isn't it? And God, as next of kin, will act on their behalf to redeem them and the situation. In verses 10 and 11 of Isaiah 43, where our reading started, they are described as witnesses and God's chosen servants so that they may know, believe, and understand that God is unique and that apart from the Lord, there is no savior. This is a vital restatement of who God is and what he does. And because the people of Israel had let God down as being their witnesses, God is being a witness to himself in the start of the passage that we read. God is saying, this is who I am. And in the face of other gods, it's clear that there's only one God who can deliver effectively right in the thick of the world's adversities. There's only one God who can deliver right in the thick of the world's adversities. And it's to this practical question of what happens in Babylon that the passage turns next. Through Isaiah the prophet, the Lord makes this huge promise that as their redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I will rescue you from Babylon. You know, those world situations that we prayed about earlier, you know, it's God who is in the thick of the world adversity. He is the one we can trust to bring breakthrough. We call out to him. He brings change. And we see this in this practical action here, this promise to the people in exile in Babylon, I will set you free, I will deliver you from this. And as verses 14 and 15 reminds us, the reason for this is that he is the Lord. He delivers because he is sovereign. He's also their holy one. And that means he won't stand for sin but he also commits to covenant. You know, the holiness of God covers both of those two things. He's Israel's creator. He's the one who formed you. And he is Israel, he is your king. And with that statement of king, there are connotations both of the fact he's father and shepherd to those people just want to give you a moment to reflect. Which aspect of God strikes you most this morning? 
Which aspect do you need to hear deeply this morning? Lord, holy, creator, king. Take a moment to allow the Holy Spirit to draw one of those to your attention. So for all of those reasons as to who God is, it's clear that God will redeem them. But if there's any doubt for the hearers of this prophecy about this promise, verse 17 is the reminder of what God did to get the people of Israel out of Egypt described in the book of Exodus. What he has done in the past, he can surely do again. He's delivered his people from captivity in the past. He will surely do it again to deliver them from the exile in Babylon. This week marked the 11th anniversary of my installation here as vicar. It was a bit of an odd week as I spent it being off on sick leave. But it did give me opportunity to remember what God has done during this time. It was so good to recall times when we called out to God and we saw him act. You know, thinking back to the building project, building for mission, right back in 2014, at one point we were short of 100,000 pounds. God made a way with provision for this to happen. I think of the way that we've started and continuing Barnabas communities for growing in and sharing our faith. Each one of those has a story to tell of what God has done. And of course, more recently, the way that God has guided us through the pandemic, including planting out. And with a year to go to the plant, it looked at one point due to an unexpected external decision, as if it was all going to be off. And I remember that August, calling out to God, praying to God, and God made a way. And we sent the team out last June, and a great partnership is ongoing. And with all of those things, and there are many more I could have talked about, there are the personal stories, aren't there? You know, from our own nine o'clock gathering, Jane being called to go and serve rural churches in Norfolk, and the way that God has opened up a way for her and her husband Neil to to move there and to find the place that they're going to be serving. We've had Eddie uh, with a growing realization that he wanted to work in a sector that reflected his strong and godly conviction to combat climate change. God has made a way for him with work opening up in Bristol. And there's Elaine who was thinking, oh, Lord, I think you're saying the Northeast. 
and at the same time, over a number of months, thinking around being called to ordination. And God has made a way for her to be trained up in Durham, which, yes, is the Northeast. He's opened up that way for her to be trained for ordination. God makes a way. And there are others who have moved on to new callings and opportunities, uh, including those people who are called to join the plant team. So as we look around, we'll miss those people. There's a loss, there's a gap created. And I wanted to acknowledge that before us this morning. And it's so important for us as a church to gather together, to to regroup both in our communities and on Sundays. And hence this new Sunday pattern where between the two morning gatherings, we can talk over coffee, retell stories of what God is doing amongst us, the people who are here for this time now, and to reconnect in person. It will give us the opportunity to hear what God is doing amongst us in the here and now. And already, you know, I've been hearing stories from over the summer about God making a way for people, three different provisions of housing, Two people waiting for a change in job circumstances have seen breakthrough. And an outreach receiving resource unexpectedly. And that's simply just what's come to my ears. God makes a way. Let's connect and share the stories of what God is doing amongst us here and now. It's also vital to give space for God to make a way amongst us to reach people who don't know Jesus yet. Hence, Impact Sundays once a month, where we'll do that in our communities all over the city in the mornings and gather to celebrate here in the evenings. We put our trust in God who's given us our saviour in Christ the Lord. In every season, God does something new. God makes a way. And that's why we can stand here. I can stand here with confidence as we say as we go into this new year. God will make a way for us as St. Barnabas Church in this wonderful city of Cambridge. Yet, having recalled the past in our passage, the very next verse says, forget the former things, don't dwell on the past. So what's going on here? Well, the commentator, Alex Mortier, says, the past can teach and illustrate, but it must not bind us the Lord always has greater things in, stores, in store. He's revealed in the past, but he is always more than the past revealed. I love that. He is revealed in the past, but he was always more than the past revealed. And we see in this passage a pattern here for the people of Israel. Trust in the Lord and who he is. Remember his acts and retell what he's done in the past and then actively look for the new. Look for the ways that God is making. And those new ways give provision in unexpected places, water in the wilderness, streams in the wasteland. And those new ways give life to his people. And then praise the God who formed them who chose them, God will make a way. It's on 
him. As the prophecies of Isaiah continue, we see that the people of Israel didn't call out to God. They became weary of God and turned to other ways or their own ways. So God, still true to his covenant, still committed to all who call on the name of the Lord will be saved, gave his son Jesus to be the new and living way for people to come to as savior, to be chosen as family, and called to witness as to who God is and what he's done. Where are you at this morning? Do you find yourself in a wasteland or a wilderness? Have you stopped calling to God? Have you become weary of God? Are you holding back from getting involved or sharing your faith? Are you waiting for a promise to be fulfilled? Are you desperate for breakthrough? Well, what I'd encourage us as the body of Christ to do together this morning and in our communities throughout the week is to use the pattern this passage shows us. For us in the new covenant, it starts with coming to Jesus to confess our need of his power to save and to confess our reliance on his sacrificial love. And then to trust Jesus as our savior and to redeemer and to receive his forgiveness and grace like a refreshing, cleansing stream in the desert. To remember and retell what he's done in the past and then actively look for the new, look for the ways that God is making. And that leads us to praise the God who formed us, who chose us. As Tim leads us on now as we gather around the communion table, let's come in the confidence that God has made a way God is making a way, and God will make a way. Amen.